Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, we've got more of our King Killer Chronicle adventure for you, but before we get to that, I've got an exciting announcement. One of our One Shot Network shows has been nominated for an Emmy. For those that aren't in the know, the Ennies are a set of awards for tabletop gaming and tabletop gaming-related things, like our podcasts. And I am so proud to say that the Asians Represent podcast was nominated for Best Podcast this year. I'll tell you a little bit more about it in the mid-roll today, but if you've got some time, please head over to the Ennies website and vote for Asians Represent. You can find a link to do that in our show notes. And before we get rolling, I want to point out that this week Arnie Parrott is not our lone musician. He employed Robin Buttery on fiddle for his original song, Ms. Darvin Scutton. So huge thanks to Arnie and Robin for making this music come to life for us. With all that out of the way, let's get to the show. The night is warm, the stars are out, and the moon is bright, and she is smiling down on everyone on this boat. I think some of you are enjoying the revels of the song, like the sailors are dancing and cheering together, but I think some of you have also grouped off, and I just want to see, I want to see everyone share a scene with someone else. We'll start with Volley. Where is Volley and who's Volley pulled aside for just a short second? Would I have pulled aside? If if Chet is playing... I can play and talk. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll frame this through Chet playing, but like th- this can also be part of the evening is, where, where, where Chet, Chet is like taking a moment to rest or tune. So yeah, I think I would probably grab... Yeah, actually, yeah, for uh, I would go to Amara who... You know, given that we're not, like, they probably wouldn't have stowed her stuff all the way down in the hold. Like, we're just, it's just going to be maybe in the morning. So she's over by her stuff, maybe a little distant from the party. The party is just sort of going. The sailors are whooping it up a little bit because they're like, hey, an excuse to skive off. But she's off a little ways, like, sitting on her trunk, and looks a little bit like she wishes she was part of the party, but doesn't know how to get in. Yeah, yeah. Amara, right now, Satine, feels to me as though like emotions are running high and tense. Where Where's she at with that? Why is she off on her own right now? She is preoccupied. Usually she would be, you know, life of the party with Chet, but... She's really worried because her entire existence rests on her ability to graduate. And she made this decision that she's going to do this thing. And if she doesn't do it, she fails for everything. And she'll lose everything, too. Her family will kick her out if she doesn't accomplish this. So she's trying to go over things in her head. She's trying to go, like, study and try to remember things. But she's not really good at that. And... She wants to go party, but she feels really guilty about not studying. So she's kind of stuck in the teeth grind. And so, yeah, we've known each other forever, right? Yeah. Like since back when we were kids before the university. Yeah. And so I spot this and I come over 
with an ease Pat Rothfuss would never possess, just like <laughs> easily sits down next to you to have this conversation and says, you know, it's not that bad. Huh? What's not that bad? I mean, nothing's that bad. I mean, you think something's bad, but nothing's that bad. You're right. Everything's fine, V. Don't. Don't even. <laughs> the tightness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she is like a, just, a, just a bar of iron sitting there. <laughs> and and I, I say, I mean, I did take that term off, right? I mean, I hope you noticed that I wasn't here. Yeah, but you can do stuff like that. You're allowed to. Everything rides on my accomplishments. And nobody thought I would be able to do this. And I have to do this. Also, if I don't do this, and you see that she's been looking at garlic, like staring at garlic, you make kind of follow her eyes. And she's actually been staring at garlic this whole time, too. She's like, sometimes, you know, if you don't move forward, then... Things will move on without you. And, you know, I just, it's just really hard being me, okay? Well, I barely know how to be me. I could guess it being you. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know, I, I know you're really worried about the university and like, I, I get that. I, I, I know what it's like to kind of want to do something and maybe... She reaches over and while you're saying this, grabs your shirt and she's like, I will lose everything. <laughs> And, and then let's go. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't need to do that. In this moment, Polly, you see something kind of that you've been looking for your whole life. Oh, no. <laughs> and you were looking for this when you took your semester off the first time, when you took that horse and that money out on those roads and rode them up and down looking for bandits. What you're seeing is fear in the eyes of a friend. It would be a strange thing for most people to look for, but that's because you're looking for love. And you've read about love you know, you're no stranger to stories. Perhaps even you haven't read about love more than anything you've heard about it. You've heard about it around campfires. You've heard about it at bedtime. You've heard about it whispered in bars when you're up too late and feeling too good to even think about sleeping. Because you've heard about it in the stories of heroes. Folks like Taverlin the Great... They found love in the most desperate places. They found love when the world looked its darkest. When people tasted real fear in their mouths. They found love when someone stepped in and said all the wrong things right. And right now, you're very aware of the weight of the sword on your back. And... It mixes interesting with the grip of your friend on your shirt sleeves. And perhaps right now, Amara sits and fits into a fantasy that you've been having that has been occupied by different characters. She's got approximately the right shape. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I, 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 I tell what I can see what you're laying down and I'm picking it up. So she grabs hold of my shoulders and, and you said, what was it? I'm going to lose everything. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and you'd originally like, like disengaged and you were going to cool down. But then apparently I had a moment <laughs> like it's sort of the ratatouille zoom in like to my pupil <laughs> and, I, and I realized that this buddy you can yeah and so while your hands are still on me I reach out I put my hands on your arms in the same way but not panicked not tense I put my hands on on your upper arms mirroring this gesture and I and I make eye contact for more time than you expect. Oh, her eyes start welling up, and she's really trying to fight back what's going on in her face. 
And I say, sometimes you have to lose yourself a little bit or you can never find what's worthwhile. And then there's a beat. And then I lean forward a little bit and I turn on the charm and I say, come dance with me. Yes. And I, and I either want to like just sweep her over and I will like, I will roll to like pull off this maneuver. If if that's what the system would, would, would like of me. Yeah, I, I think part of this is it's a question of Satine. How difficult do you think it would be to distract you in this moment? Because I'm sure you don't want to be feeling these feelings. Yeah, she first she would look over at Garlic because she kind of sees what's going. She's like, uh, but V is her friend. So there's just a it's not too easy, but it's like somewhere right in the middle. Yeah, it's not hard, but she just needs she does need a little egging on. All right. Uh then Pat, uh flip three coins for fate. Let's see now, where they is land. Is this fate? Is this charm? What am I so uh like we'll we'll base this on charm. And right now the the thing that you're like working against is your friend is feeling a real pinch right now where she sees her life falling apart in front of her and volley volley's pretty decently charming uh volley has not been very recently uh performing labor uh, so you don't have that going for you as one of your abilities. What I do have, what I, one of my two skills I picked, I did pick persuasion. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So this is a higher level. So the worst thing that I think could happen at all of this is you'd say, come dance with me with your friend. And she would laugh, like laugh despite herself, not laugh at you. But, you know, you'd clearly would have cheered her up, but she'd still decline and like try to settle back. And if you're successful, like if you're really charming in this moment, then I think she'll like laugh despite herself and go join in the dance. Yeah. So what I would like to do is use one like the mechanisms of the game here that we talked about. mm -hmm. I would like to spend a point of charm. In okay. order to raise the <laughs> failure stakes and hold on, do I pick raising failure stakes or raising success stakes? Uh, so like you're, you're kind of like moving the window a little bit. You could choose just success stakes. And what that would do would be like, hey, my success is a wild success. And she's going to be pulled into a night of so much fun that her anxieties are quickly going to drain from her mind. And like, she's really going to be able to focus on the fun of this trip. If you, you could raise the failure state, which would like still like, you know, that means she'll probably dance no matter what, but it'll still be thumping in the back of her mind. I want to swing for the fences. I just want to raise the success state. Cool. Okay. So three coins, three coins for fate. That's what friends are for. Okay, that is, I'm checking, these are Liberty Dollars. Oh, shit, that's three heads. Uh, Uh, This is an (laughs) overwhelming success. So not only only are you going to get, like, her to take her mind off this for a bit, but, like, I I think something extra is going to happen. Can I I call it? Can I call it? Uh, Like, I've got an idea for something extra. Excellent. And, and if it's between two characters, we need to be aware that like a Satine will need to approve it, obviously. But yeah. 100%. Okay. What, what I'd like to pitch is, and this is something I've, I've, I've learned by listening to so many of your games, is like, hey, I have an idea. Who likes this idea or who wants to improve on it? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd love to sweep you up and dance. But then it's not just us. The, the big success is that, yes... You, you leave it behind, you, you unclench, you have a moment of realization that you can let go. I mean, maybe even might carry through beyond tonight. But then, like, we dance, and then I also see that, like, Garlic probably isn't, like, like getting down with some sailors, 
like I will spin off of there and then I will dance with garlic. Oh yeah. And then yeah. I will bring the three of us together to dance. Yay. And then <laughs> I will spin the two of you off dancing and then I dance with Chet. Yes, yeah. And what if you're a madman and have two if you wanna die? And you live to three, then I swear that you'd be Taylor in disguise. Your eyes are crossing your herald gray and you'll speak the river's name. After just one cup of Miss Darvin's scut, nothing will ever be the same. All right. It is a magnetic, like, whirlwind <laughs> of dance. It's, you know, you are someone who's from a family that's got a little bit of wealth. Maybe you don't have noble titles, and maybe you happen to be underneath uh, some people that do have names who are absolute bastards. But, you know, you got this wealth, but you're also pretty close to the earth. You still know labor. Your hands are not like the hands of any of the other moneyed nobles at the university. You've got calluses. You've lifted things that have real heft. You've pulled carts in your day. And your family takes pride in that. And Nobles, they express their joy in the way nobility allows them to, which is often with restraint and dignity. They pull themselves back from fun the way a tamer might pull a wild horse. <laughs> but you, you lean into those revels, and it is electric. It's the sort of thing that Chet always has running through him and he sees that in you and it lights him up to, to the point where even garlic uh being shy i think you can't help but smile despite yourself as you see the burly form of volley dancing lighter than ever thumping down on the deck causing the boat to rock no, definitely get caught up in it. We step on each other's toes, but it's fine. I'd like uh, to know, Chet, who's your scene going to be with? Oh, my buddy, my little buddy, Garlic, <laughs> and Terrence. <laughs> you know, so, I don't yeah. like Terrence. It is a later part of the night. I think there's been a little drink, and the two of you are right now leaning on Terrence for stability. <laughs> Terrence is your sober friend. <laughs> <laughs> I thunk down like two skeins of whatever we're drinking and mm -hmm. I say, we're square. Not circle. <laughs> we're square. Are you sure? This is in payment for the paper from last turn. We're square. Ah, uh, okay. I'm Thanks. sorry for the delay. I no, apologize. It's fine. I mean, you somehow still pay me back and you somehow still attend the school and you're somehow still always around. And I'm still uh, well, I, I may not be the most sober at the moment, but I do t detect a tone. It's a tone. It's a tone of confusion. How? How? What do Why you, you do confused? here? <laughs> Why are you confused? I'm just Chet, baby. Chet? That's Chet. That's Chet is. You have been before the horns more than any other student. You, what do you do again? A little bit of everything. A little dabble, do you? A little, little bit of this, a little bit of that. Where'd Terrence even come from? 
Well, Terrence, he is a funny story. I saw him, and he was like, I'm a big horse. And I was like, yeah, you were. And that's where the, the, then I bought him, and now he's here. He is a, uh, I don't know what kind of horse he is. It's just horse, really. He's I don't know the breeds of horse. one entire journal of mine. He's eating it right now. Uh, well, why don't you tell this. him to stop, garlic? That's Look your property. Look at those teeth. I cannot confront Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a learning moment for you and me together. I need you to start advocating for yourself. I've never had to. Where, where do I, I'm going to uh, flip it and reverse it. You ask me what I'm doing at the university. What are you doing at the university? Studying, you know, a little bit of everything. I oh. originally uh, wanted to help people and heal people, but I threw up at the sight of blood. So, you know. Fair, uh, fair and well met. But what are you doing now? Mm-hmm. Lots of research. Research. Just lots of research until I can find what really speaks to me, and then I'm going to be the best researcher in the whole world. But you don't know what that is yet. Research. But what's the thing? I think it's a more encompassing word than nothing, though. Don't you think? Well, yeah, we can research the night sky and the birds in the air and the fish in the sea, but for what for? What's your what for? To learn. I must learn. I can't stop learning. If I stop learning, I stop breathing. I understand. Do do you? Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. I learn. I learn every day. I learn from you and I learn from... I definitely know a teacher's name for sure. Uh, uh, you know what, uh, Elodin is is got to be it. I know that's, that's got to be the I, name. I know, that you call and and first. and Eleanor, I think. Uh, Elder Elder Eldorado, my good friend. <laughs> I learned from them, and I don't know. I'm just. Can I be frank with you? Yeah, my little buddy, garlic. Always. Thanks. I'm at the university because I think it's where I need to be to find what I need. But you don't know what you need yet. Oh, I know what I need. What do you need? Can we help? I don't know. You smart enough yet? I'm working on it. I'll tell you. Yeah. I know what I want, and I know what to get, and I'll find it. I think, actually, this is a moment where you're really tempted by your goal, Liz. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got some drink in you. The air is full of fun. I think, for the most part, this is the si- sort of life that Chet is built for. When you're in the middle of a really good party, you find yourself almost at a meditative peace. Everything feels right except for one nagging thing. And if you will reveal the wild goal that you have to your friend, I got a jot with your name on it. <laughs> I want that money. All right. You got a jot. You'll be able to assign it where you like. It's not a permanent upgrade for your character, but it is a little bit of extra power that you can use for revealing this wild truth. So Chet kind of flumps down on the floor and leans up against Terrence and looks at Garlic in the face. I think, actually, if I can add a little bit of framing to this, Liz, like you slump down Terrence's body and Terrence kind of lifts one of his forelegs to cradle your neck so that you can look up at the sky and kind of look into your friend's eyes. Like, that's the thing about this horse. It is such a perfect horse. (laughs) So perfect. So big. So big. So perfect. But yeah, you're you're making eye contact with your friend who's looking down at you from the sky, their head framed by stars and constellations. Garlic, you ever had a night that was just perfect? The air was clear. Everyone you talked to was incredible. You learned something about yourself. You danced like as hard as you could. You played games and you won every hand you drank but you never got sick and then you ended up out on the balcony surrounded by people that loved you have you ever had that moment and just wished it could last forever that sounds like a dream that doesn't seem 
attainable. Is that what you want? What if it could last forever? You're asking for a lot, you know. (laughs) You're asking for a moment. Chat. I've seen it, girl. Like, I've seen it. (sighs) And if anyone, why not me? Huh? I think you have your heads in the cloud more than I do. Well, then we are two of a kind. Oh, no, we aren't. (laughs) Well, you just let me know, Garlic. I will, as long as I'm at the university, I will keep tabs on you. And if I ever think you're getting smart enough to help me out, I'm going to give you a ring. Sound good? If you ever need somebody to hang out on a balcony and send you really good vibes, I can do it quietly, I think. One of these days, Garlic, you're going to have to find something you want to get out of all those books. What if it were something incredible? And I think there's a silence that comes between the two of you that is warm and comfortable and full of swirling aspirations. And we'll move over to Amara. Amara... Who are you going to share a chat with? Well, I've been dancing with garlic. Yeah. And I could lose everything right now. So, yeah, I'm going to kind of stand a little close and behind garlic and pretend I'm not, but definitely, definitely am. (laughs) (laughs) I think by the time they finally notice, maybe like the ship has hit a bit of a wave and uh, they bump into you and it's like they jump. Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't notice you there. Oh, sorry. I probably had too much to drink. Um, yeah. You just want to like, what are you, what are you doing? (laughs) Talking to Terrence. I mean, um, chat. Oh yeah. Uh, And the same. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You want to just sit down for a little bit? Is it the kind of boat? I mean, I don't know what boats look like typically, uh, but can I like stick my feet through the railings and dangle my feet somehow over the edge? Aww, that and seems not die? appropriate, especially for a river boat, you know? Yeah, they're not extreme or anything. I look over at Volley and I'm like, is this, is this, is this yeah, doing the thing? Okay. I, I, All right. I suppose that isn't going to read on a podcast, is it? I, <laughs> I like. I make significant like eye contact. Like, go. Yeah. Get, get there. Get there. Over there. Go. Okay. Okay. And I sit down. I put my my legs through. I'm like, man. I just, you know, I've been drinking a lot, and I don't think I tell you how great you are, and also how much I appreciate you and you've been such a good help, but also you're really fun. Nobody's ever called me fun. I mean, I know that I'm great simply because I wrote that essay for you that one time and you got a hundred percent and it was really good. I did a lot. Yeah, but it's a different kind of great because I paid you for that and that's different. But like, Oh, I feel like if I asked you for something, you, I wouldn't have to pay you. And, but you know, anyways, that's not, I don't know. Um, guess what I'm saying is, well, you know, I've got this different perspective now. I had a conversation and I look over at V and I'm like, uh, yeah. And, um, and he said, it's okay if I lose everything. And then I thought about it and we were dancing a lot. And then I realized it's not okay. It's actually not okay. What are you losing? Well, like, if I... They're going to look you up and down, like, are you secure? Are you here? Okay. No, I mean, I could not... I could either not graduate, which means that I will have to be here and you'll graduate before I do. And then, you know, I've just spent so much time with you and I really enjoy your company. And also, I don't know what to do if I lose my title and I don't know who I'm going to be, but you know, if I, if this whole thing falls apart, I just want you to know that you make me feel really comfortable and also good. And I like hanging out with you a lot. And 
I am going to invoke uh, one of Garlic's abilities uh, that runs probably a little bit counter to how it normally works. Uh, and that is you have blissfully unaware uh, that as long as you have two drabs and charms, you will not be affected by cruel words or insults. But I think... Oh, buddy, no. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I think the true meaning of this sails extremely far over your head. Okay. They pat your knee kind of like lightly. We're going to study together. I don't even know what you're worried about. You're going to graduate and it's going to be fine. I don't even. It's okay. We're going to have the. I want a study party. But don't you like to hang out with me too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like studying is really where it's. But what if we weren't studying? Like what if we went to eat food together? Or like. Food's cool. Went and watched a show together. Or what if I took you to go. To a tavern. Uh, would you want to read in the tavern? No. <laughs> oh, bud. Oh, bud. <laughs> this is like me hitting on me. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to our mid-roll. Heroes, I want to tell you about a little show we do called Asians Represent. Asians Represent is hosted by Daniel Kwan and Agatha Chang. It's an interview, discussion, and variety program dedicated to celebrating brilliant Asian creators in the analog gaming community, while also examining the challenges Asian creators and fans face in this industry. That includes explaining and deconstructing Asian stereotypes that have historically appeared in the world of tabletop games. In the two years Asians Represent has been running on the network, it has grown into something incredible. Still true to its original concept, but showing off so much more. They've hosted fascinating and uplifting discussions, done a lot of difficult work taking tabletop to task for its uncomfortable history, and simply celebrated the creativity and joy that different Asian creators bring to the gaming table through actual plays. And heroes, this year they are up for the best podcast award in the Ennies. There are not many award programs that run in the tabletop community. And the Ennies is one of the big ones. I am so proud of the work Daniel, Agatha, and all of the contributors to Asians Represent have done over these years. And it deserves to be recognized. And while I'm sure my words are welcome praise, these folks deserve some medal. Of all the shows we're hosting on the OneShot Network right now, I believe this one deserves recognition the most. So please, join us in voting for them and send a loud message to the Asians Represent team that we support and value their work. Voting for the Ennies is open now through July 12th, and anyone can cast their vote by heading to any, that's E-N-N-I-E, dash awards dot com slash vote slash 2020. Alternatively, you can follow the link that we've provided in the show notes. There are also lots of other amazing games and projects that have been nominated for Ennies, and while you're there voting for Asians Represent, you should take some time to show your support for other projects too. Before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. And we're going to get things started off with a name update. A huge thank you to Riley Gray, Dylan Sanat, thank you so much, Caleb Simmons, thank you, Daniel Hiller, thank you, Alex Rubenstein, Thank you so much. Joel Pabst. Thank you. Nick Agger. Thank you very much. Ryan. Thank you very much, Ryan. Ryan Glinsky. Thank you. Brendan Merriman. Thank you very much. Tia Shafi. Thank you. Katie Olson. Thank you so much. And Pedro Pereira. Thank you. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Without your support, we wouldn't be able to make incredible shows like One Shot or Asians Represent, Neo Scum, Session Zero, or any of the other amazing shows we have on the network. I appreciate your support for all of them so much. And remember, if you sign up at the $5 or more level on Patreon, you get access to our secret archive, which includes gems like system mastery positive if you're in the mood to just hear some small shred of positivity in this weird hellscape we currently live in system mastery positive is for you though more likely you will hear jeff and john continually dunking on me as hard and frequently as they possibly can 
it is absolutely worth the price of admission. There's going to be a new episode this Monday because uh, I posted it incorrectly and it should have posted a while ago. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. And with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. This is, um, yeah, I, well, I'm really going to miss you, it's all. And she gets up and is feels really, like, shot down. <laughs> and everyone else can see it, apparently, yeah, though. Like, she's I, I, not- <laughs> think, I, I think, Garlic, you feel like you have reached, like, a new level of friendship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we want to read in a tavern together. We're going to study there and it's going to be great. <laughs> Boy, I haven't had this good of a friendship in so long. Uh, let's cut over to Chet. Chet? Chet is standing next to Volley, and they're both just, like, shaking their heads. Like, it's a shame. It's a real shame. Yeah. Well, get him next time. Yeah. And, and then that's, and then <laughs> just, that's it. That's then just quiet. <laughs> then just quiet. He's, he's, he's watching, and he's just quiet. Just taking a sip. Yeah. So how do you like the river? Then you say, I like the river really nice. Or I do not like the river. Uh, uh, you know, I like being, I like being out. I like, uh, I like being somewhere new. I like the thought of something maybe happening. Being somewhere where something might happen. I have a quick question. You talk, you're the one that was the impetus for all of this. And talking about that old trip you went on, I'm not one to judge, but that trip sounded fucking awful. Like, just <laughs> well, real bad. Just real dog shit as far as the entire experience goes. And I just need to, I know that we are different, but I don't think we are that different. Are we trying to redo it again to re? To do that one? Because I don't want to do that one. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I met that guy, and he said he knew where there was some gold. And that, I mean, the thought of going somewhere and finding gold. I mean, like, isn't that your family's thing? Didn't you find gold? And, like, your family's, like, great now, right? Well, we weren't looking for it. We just found it. Well, I mean, right. But I wasn't looking for that guy. And there he was, in the bar, with the map. And so, and... I mean, and the price was real good. So I thought, sure, I'll go find some gold. And then on the way, I thought maybe there were bandits and maybe I could help the folk around there and they would appreciate that from the ba- And I didn't find, you know, there was a lot of things that I was kind of hoping for on that trip and there was no gold and there was no bandits. And the guy said he was going to introduce me to his sister and there was no sister. It was kind of, I mean, yeah, you know, you know what? It was kind sort of, a, of a waiting, it was kind of a dog shit trip. Yeah, that sounded real bad. It sounded like you were waiting for a lot of things to happen, and then they, then they didn't happen, and then you didn't do anything to make them. No, that's not fair. I went on that trip, and I looked for the bandits, and I, I mean, I stayed in that bar for like eighteen hours. I mean, I actually stayed. Like, I, I was awake all night thinking maybe she was going to show up the next day and like so i did a lot i feel you were you were waiting for a hero's journey to come to you 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 were waiting for the stories to play out the way that you wanted them to play out but then to just happen i literally went on the journey i didn't wait for the journey oh look me walking me walking up and down this entire boat means that i'm now the captain of the boat (laughs) that's that's look at me that is one foot in front of the other, motherfucker. That is unfair. Chet is currently walking up and down the railing of the boat with perfect balance. Look at me. I'm the king of the world. I think stumbles a little bit and probably uh, Terrence catches Chet by the pants and like pulls him back. Thank you, Terrence. I am petulantly upset by these accusations. Like <laughs> deeply hurt and angry in the way of like a child who has been caught not being entirely honest. Um, you know, at that, I think it's at that point that you realize that also 
Bali has drunk well tonight. Um, <laughs> and, and you think back and you realize he did take that fiddle and te- like tried to play it. And there was a lot of enthusiasm. He actually tried to play the fiddle for a while. And now he is stomping his foot. And he's like, I was not waiting for it to happen. I was out there courting my destiny, you know? All right, Mr. Destiny. All right. I'm going to give you one one better right now, Uh, Chet slams down. You do something right now that I will never forget. You do something stupid or brave or just plain old foolish that I will never, ever forget, even if I try, even if it's awful, even if it's horrific. Then you will prove to me that you are the master of your own story instead of just walking around. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure or anything, but be amazing. Yeah, terrible. So many terrible things. I love it. I will make a suggestion. Kill the captain. I hate that guy. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the, rel- the the slightly easier out, and I push Chet over the rail of the boat. <gasps> I mean, this is the river boat. This is the calm river. Even at my drunkest, I'm not gonna kill this person in the open. Sea. Yeah, but but actually, get I do fight. it. I, this is slow hand penetrating the shield. I I look at I look at him, and not not with surprise. But like with deliberate, like I am bigger than you, and I push you straight over the rail, like feet flipping up in a somersault, <laughs> and then immediately panic because, like, I don't know if Chet can swim. <laughs> but actually, depending on where we want to call that scene, I would you know, let let people determine where we call that scene. I think it ends with a smash cut to. Who eventually has to rescue both of them? Because <laughs> of course I dive in to <laughs> we're save fighting. him. Yep, and yeah. oh, we're fat motherfucker. All right, <laughs> right. I, I dive in to save Captain Specter, and then <laughs> Chet's trying to fight me. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to save him. Doesn't need saving. Get I don't me. get it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, which, which which who saved them? I was gonna say Captain Specter. Yeah, I think Garlic Ugh. would go running. Like, um, excuse me, sir, passenger b- b- bodies overboard. Um, let me look at my book. It's, there's a name for uh, code help. Yeah, the the the. So we, we it's a smash cut to the captain is looking over the two of them by a sympathy lamp on deck. They both have blankets draped over their shoulders. Everyone is soaking wet. <laughs> uh, and they've got two, like, mugs of tea in their hands that they're just cradling. Now I won't want any more horseplay or, or, or messing around or funning about or, or, or playing a bit. You hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, Cap. Never been around people so irresponsible my damn life. And (laughs) like just goes off uh, muttering and whatnot. And we look up to the stars and the music fades away and night stretches into day as we arrive at our location. I think we are at morning light, and you awake to a sputtering and a juddering of a riverboat that has seen better days. First, the ship starts jerking and rocking, and then the piercing, I am sure, clang of a bell. Those of you that get hangovers feel a knife stab its way through your mind and jolt you cruelly into a world full of a relentless sun. You can also hear Captain Spectre in his terrible voice call out, All right, university kids, it's time for repair! Uh, what? I like to think that Folly wakes up like bright-eyed bushy-tailed 
and also with great hair. Oh, God. Yes. Disgusting. He's, he's that guy. Disgusting. Like, it, like, nothing can ding him. When you described him initially, I was like, this is Clark Kent. I would not be surprised to find that this kid crashed to Earth in a meteor and was raised. Uh, yeah, you're unaffected. You you had a night of revelry, you got a little bit of sleep, but that sometimes good, clean living pays its weight in gold. And so you, you hear Spectre calling for, for university folk. I show up double time, already dressed. Yes, sir. Sir. All right. Do, do we... Do, do, is this... This ain't a military vessel, boy. Oh, okay. I, 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 I didn't know. Uh, but yeah, you said uh, some of your... Some of your runes were dinged up? I'm thinking that's what the case is. Uh, I, I don't have much of a head for it myself. Uh, but as you can see, things is coming out intermittent. And you can see the bellows. Uh, one thing that I have to ask about bellows ship, I'm assuming what it is, is rune, like a, a literal bellow that powers the sail that is done up with with uh runes actually uh it's a billow billow okay it is what it's referred to there there are sails so it can take advantage of wind but also it has effectively a power source that can like it, it can use to like turn a screw or a paddle or something so that it's not reliant on on oarsmen and like how how it charges that or anything like that it could just come from a fire it could come from any any number of 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 different ways there's a bunch of different ways to do it and a bunch of different ways they could go wrong okay so yeah like this is definitely powered by some kind of heat source that is on the boat and you know we'll say uh so i'm not entirely wrong that a bellow has something to do with it uh there there is this fire where where they're either burning you know wood or or coal or really whatever resource is easiest to get their hands on they're burning this and uh bellowing through to really get that heat going high and there's something so that uh, the wheel itself is like just getting intermittent power. Like sometimes it will get hit with a big jolt of power and lurch the boat forward. And then maybe the wheel will stop a little bit and coast. But as you've now reached a part of the journey where you're moving upriver a little bit, this is delaying your progress. So in the interest of pure honesty, I will say I took sympathy as my skill, mm-hmm. not sigildry. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, y'all knew that when you were coming on the boat, too, is, hey, you do have university students, but you've got a scriv and an alchemist, a sympathist, and a layabout. None of those... <laughs> Undeclared! <laughs> none of those are particularly good with Sigildry. So I'm curious to see how y'all come together to solve this particular problem. Okay, so since I'm first on the scene, can I make a some sort of charm roll to determine what's going on? A, a cleverness roll, obviously. Yeah. To figure out what's wrong with the boat. Your, your roll charm, the boat falls head over heels for you. Is three coins our, our rule here? Yeah, I think this is a three coin situation. You have a two in cleverness currently? I do. Yeah, okay. Okay, so I got one success there. Okay, so here's what I'm going to offer you. You can decide for me whether or not you would like to succeed the role. You're going to have to spend those like successes and failures across what's going to happen here. You can decide to fail, but like I have no idea what's going on, but there's something good that's going to happen. Or you can go, I know exactly what's going on, and two, it, that truth means two bad things. Okay, so I think the success is that I see what's going wrong with the sigildry. One of the failures is that I don't know how to fix it. What can the other failure be? Anybody have any ideas? Oh, I mean, it, it could be as simple as 
like, I don't know that I don't know how to fix it. And I, I get in there and I just, oh, actually, that's my pitch is I'm like, I know what's wrong. And of course I can fix it. And I go in and it, it's like, do, 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 crick. And it like breaks. And I'm like, ha ha, just like I intended. Yeah. So I actually make it a little worse, but I do understand the problem. Okay. Okay. This is good. I think what happens is you see the problem and yeah, one of, one of the sigils uh, just got dinged up a little bit, which, you know, that that's, that's going to need somebody to go in there and repair it. And you did actually study a little bit of sigildry in school. And I'm going to cut back to a conversation between you and master Kilvin. You're sitting in Kilvin's office. This isn't too long into your school program. Like you're still feeling things out, deciding exactly what you're going to come away from the university with. And Kilvin has, you know, this face with this great big beard. And he is always serious, even when he is enthusiastic. And the beard makes his expression hard to read. And almost everything about this man is intimidating. He is big and he is strong. In many ways, that makes him similar to you. He makes a noise that is somewhere between a grunt and a sigh. Do you like artificery? Uh... Yes, yes, Master Kelvin, very much so. You, you're a working man. Doesn't quite look around to see who's there. Yes, he's kind of abashed about that. This is good. This is good. Many come through my workshop and they do not like work. They have never seen work. If work happened upon them in a dark alley, they would scream and run. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not afraid of work, sir. How much do you like work? I know you do not fear it, but do you like it? Well, I. I would say I'm friendly with work. <laughs> <sighs> there is an expression in my language that does not translate very well to yours. It, is it about grabbing a cat? <laughs> The cat is not happy to be grabbed. You see? Uh, but sometimes you have to grab the cat? For you, artificery is going to be a cat. You can grab it, and you can hold it, but it is going to bite you. It is going to scratch you. You know work, but look at your hands. And you see your hands. They are hands that you've always been pretty proud of. They're big and they're strong. They're good at holding tools. They don't hurt you after a long day because you've built up all the right sort of calluses for all the things that you've needed to do. And in many ways, they've never led you astray. Your hands are not made for small things. Your hands are made for big movements, which means... He makes another sound that's partway between a sigh and a grunt. It means that when you write your sigils, they are much larger than we would prefer them to be. Uh, You'll be able to master some of the basics, but uh, if you were to travel down the road and become an Illyr, perhaps you would struggle. Perhaps you would struggle quite a bit. Perhaps you would make a mistake, which for most people could be a problem. For you, if you are not afraid of work, you could walk down that path and perhaps find some success, overcome some of the awkwardness, but it will be a lot of work. So I ask you again, Volley, how much do you like work?
heroes. That's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry, we'll be back to Tamarant next week. Also, be sure to hang around for after our call to action this week, where we're posting the full version of Miss Darvin's Scutton for your listening pleasure. A huge thanks to Arnie Parrott and Robin Buttery for their amazing performance. In the meantime, why not enjoy one of the other great gaming shows on the One Shot Network? Like Asians Represent. Asians Represent celebrates Asian creators and diversity in the gaming community. Join hosts Agatha Chang and Daniel Kwan as they discuss gaming, genre, and representation with their guests and occasionally argue with each other about the sound of Agatha's beloved Airhorn app. As always, we end one shot with a call to action, and this week I'm going to step outside of what we've been talking about recently to explain the Earn It Act. Recently, the Eliminating Abusive Rampant Neglect of Interactive Technologies, or Earn It Act, was introduced under the false pretense that it's trying to prevent the spread of child sex abuse material on the internet by increasing governmental oversight. However, both child safety and technology experts agree EarnIt would not only be ineffective, but actively harmful. Not only will this act fail to protect children, it could lead to a disastrous upheaval of internet security and privacy. The EarnIt Act seeks to establish a federal commission to create new guidelines for internet companies. Amongst other things, these new rules would require censorship, weakened security measures, or both. Companies would need to censor a wide range of content to protect themselves from liability, which not only endangers free speech, but also endangers sex workers, who in many cases depend on visibility to make their livelihoods in a safe way. This wouldn't be the first time the government has tried to pass laws under the guise of protecting people only to make life more difficult and dangerous for sex workers. Sadly, bills like this typically get through because of intentionally obfuscating messaging. This is where you come in. You need to contact your representatives and let them know that you categorically disapprove of this bill, that it will make the internet safer and it will actually endanger more Americans. Please consider taking a few moments to call and voice your opposition to this bill. Now, when I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find issue summaries of issues like this one, along with contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to help you get your message across. Calling just takes a few minutes, and it can have a huge impact. Thanks, heroes. If you walk the Shaldish border, there's an inn along the way That serves the spirits sung about from Yil to Tinue And I beg your friends, be not like me and dump these sordid tales For after just one cup of Miss Darvin Scutton You'll have no need for mortal ales Have one if you're a madman And have two if you wanna die If you live to three then I swear that you'd be Taylor in disguise Your eyes cross and your hair will gray And you'll speak the river's name After just one cup of Miss Darvin Scutton Nothing will ever be the same
your eyes cross and your Harold Rain, you'll speak the river's name. After just one cup of Miss Darwin's got nothing will ever be the same. Have one if you're a madman, and have two if you want to die. If you live to three, then I swear that you'd be Taylor in disguise. Yeah. Your eyes are crossing your Harold Rain, you'll speak the river's name. After just one cup of Miss Darwin's got nothing will ever be the same. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.